0: Well good morning Coastal, how you guys doing this morning? couple of you guys are doing well. The rest of y'all are still asleep. It's all right. You'll wake up here, I promise. Uh, my name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're glad that you're here with us this morning as we continue this serious manifesto. Before we kind of dive into that, I just want to give you an update. You know, in December, well, we took up an offering called our Greatest Gift Offering. We're trying to raise money for the next generation to do some improvements in those areas in both of our campuses and also to, to fund some projects in Africa. And I just want to let you know that through your generosity, uh, you guys gave over $35,650 to make a difference in the next generation and throughout the world. Come on, give yourselves a hand, man. I love... I love that. I love that we're a generous place. You guys gave above and beyond what you normally give to make a difference throughout the world. Proud to be your pastor. Proud to to be a part of, of a community that's that generous that wants to make a difference in so many different areas of life. And so I, I, I'm, I'm really, really pumped to see what's going to happen through that. We already, let me just tell you that we already sent money off to Africa. In fact, in Africa, we have our first piece of property uh, that we've ever bought is in Africa. We don't own any property in America, but we own a piece of property in Africa, and uh, our, our first building is going to be in Africa, and uh, by the time we take a trip later this year, we're going to have a trip, I believe coming up in June or July, Crystal, July, July, we're going to be having a trip to Africa, um, we sponsor tons of kids over there, a lot of people have already gone and seen some of their sponsored kids, great opportunity for you to go, but you'll, by the time you guys get there for that trip, that building will have been finished, and we'll be feeding between two to 400 kids every single day, as well as holding church there and doing some incredible things in the community of Tubalisha. And so, man, I'm just so, 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 so pumped about what's happening there because we have campuses, two campuses here, one in Coconut Creek, one in Pompano Beach, and then we have two campuses in Africa and and, and different parts of Tubalisha. It's incredible to see what God is doing through this place and through your generosity. And I just want to say thank you as your pastor. I'm so proud of what's going on with that. Today we're, we're continuing this series called Manifesto and we're just diving in and we're we're continuing to go man who we are and where we're going this year. I think it's so important for us at the beginning of the year to refocus, to get on mission, to get on vision for where we're going because it's so easy to drift in life. It's so easy to get off course and so I, one of the things I love to do in the beginning of the year is just kind of reset my course and so uh, I, I'm in a season uh, of prayer and fasting right now. Uh, but before we started our fast, we, we always have kind of like the last meal kind of thing. And so Shayla and I went to Fogo de Chao. Anybody been to Fogo de Chao? Does anybody even know what Fogo de Chao is? Nobody even knows. Okay, it's a Brazilian steakhouse. And basically it's heaven on earth for any dude. Because they just walk around with with skewers of meat and, and you have a card on your table. It's When it's green, that just means bring me meat. When it's red, it means stop bringing me meat. And so basically you just flip it to green and you just let guys come up and they just they just shave off like filet mignon and ribeye and ribs and chicken and, and bacon wrapped everything. It's like, it is literally, it's what heaven is going to be like. It's the buffet at heaven. This is what it's like. And so, we're there, and man, I'm chowing down. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna eat for the next three weeks right now. Like, I'm spending all of my energy, and I'm just shoving food down as fast as you can, because the faster you put it down, right, the, the more you can get in before you get that full feeling. And then you even throw some more down after the full feeling, because that's just, that's just what you do. And so, man, I'm just, I'm just pounding, and Shayla's like, you, you might want to slow down. I'm like, I can't. I gotta taste all of this goodness. And so, like, finally, I get to the point where I flip my card over, we know I'm, I'm done. You can stick a fork in me. I'm over with. And I lean back in my chair and I go, man, I am such a fan of Fogo de Chow. Such a fan. Any of you guys ever said that? Like, I'm a fan of something. Like, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of old school rap. Anybody else out there? Come on. Some notorious B.I.G. I'm talking to old school. LL Cool J. I need love. Come on now some Tupac I mean those are those are my those are my people right there that's what I grew up on I love it I'm a fan of that the other day Shayla told me she's a fan of diamonds and I was like that's not a good thing to be a fan of in fact this is, this is really funny we're, we're coming up on our 15th anniversary and she has been telling me for months that the the anniversary gift like the the anniversary gift that you're supposed to get people on the 15th anniversary is diamonds And so she's been feeding me this for months. Like diamonds come on the 15th. Diamonds come on the 15th. I looked it up this week. Diamonds don't come on the the 15th. Crystal comes on the 15th. Crystal is a lot cheaper than diamonds trying to rip me off. She's a fan of those things. And I think sometimes though, we're fans of lots of things. And, And sometimes we can become a fan of Jesus. We can become just a fan of Jesus where we're excited about God and we love to come into the stadium of God, which we call the church, and we cheer God on and and we sing out for a little bit. But then we walk away and we're not really that invested because we're just a fan. We haven't really dove in much further than that. And we don't get the full experience of what God wants to do. In fact, I was researching this week about fans and, and what are the top fans for NFL teams. Um, according to Forbes magazine, what do you guys think? Top three NFL teams. Number three, this, this, these are the worst fans in the world, I promise, because if you're in here, you're going to go crazy when I say this name, because that's how bad of a fan you are. The Pittsburgh Steelers, terrible towel people, they're just terrible. Nobody likes a Steelers fan, I'm just t- except for other Steelers fans, except for other Steelers fans. They're the only people that like them. Number two, Green Bay Packers. You want to know why? Because there ain't nothing else to do in Green Bay besides go to a football game. So all they got going for them is football. Number one team, who do you think? Dallas Cowboys. Better believe it. Yeah, there's like three Dallas Cowboy fans in here. Like they're hardcore. Uh, Ryan, who is our our children's director at our Pompano campus, he rolled into our office this Friday and he was decked out with Dallas gear. He like the, the star on his shirt. He had the Cowboys on his hat. He had like stars on his shorts. I was like, what are you? Like a mascot for the Cowboys or something? I mean, like they're just kind of obnoxious fans, but they're all in. Now, personally, I'm I'm a fan of the Bucks, um, which which we're not very good. So, like uh, most Sunday mo- Sundays when I watch football, I'm pretty disappointed by the end of the day uh, because we lose quite often. In fact, we're going to end up with Marcus Mariota. Thank you very much for uh, going in the draft this year. Maybe we'll get better. But when when we tank every week, like it depresses me for a couple minutes. But I'm not like depressed for the rest of my life. It doesn't ruin me. And when it comes to God, we've got to be more than just fans of Jesus. We've got to become a follower of Jesus. And he's looking for people who are sold out, who are willing to go beyond just the fan experience of cheering in the crowds, but are willing to get down on the field and be a part of the game. Because he's looking for people that say, you know what, I want to be a part of the team. Like, I don't want to just stand up in the stands and cheer for a couple minutes, but I want to get in the game and be a part Part of the experience. And when you're on the field playing in the game, you don't just share in the pain of of tackling and you don't just share in the pain of, of going through and and running plays. You don't but you also share in all the victories that you get when you're on the field. Fans don't really ever get to experience the fullness of a victory. They think they do. And I play college football, listen, the fans, they go crazy, but I'll tell you what, in the locker room after a football game, when you win, you wanna see crazy. You go to the people that actually played the game. It's a whole different experience. It's a whole different level. And when we pull together and we we come together and we, we serve and we do the things to not just be a fan of Jesus, but be a follower of Jesus, we get the experience The fullness of what he has, because this is what I know about all of us, is we all have unique contributions to make to the team of God. And here's what I know, is we can't all do everything, but we can do something. And if we all do something, I believe that we can do extraordinary things for God in this life. And today we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn there. If you don't have a Bible, you can look in your worship God. Uh, And inside there, there's some notes you can follow along there. If you don't have that, you can look at at the screen. All the scripture will be up there. Uh, Acts chapter 6, what's happening is the New Testament church is growing like crazy. and, And they're getting to this point where they're starting to be... Uh, a, a little bit of tension going on. There's a little bit of conflict that's happening. And this is what it says in Acts chapter 6, starting in verse 1. It says, But as believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. Rumblings of discontent happening. It makes me feel good about church because I know that no matter what, anytime I go into any church, there's always going to be some rumblings of discontent. There's always going to be some people that are getting offended, that are getting a little sideways on things that aren't having the best experiences. So they start rumbling, they start having some disconnect, content. And, and no matter what you think, you think that there's a perfect church out there. There is not a perfect church out there because there's always people involved. And so there's some things happening right there. And, and, and so the early church, they had problems. They had issues, just like our church does, just like every church does. There were some problems that were existing, and so there was some tension that was going on. There was some conflict that was happening, and it continues, and it says, the Greek-speaking believers complained that th- about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily food co- distribution. And so what's happening is, is the non-locals are complaining that the, the locals are getting favor. And so they're saying, hey, listen, listen, listen. The, 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 the non locals are getting shafted when it comes to the food distribution. And so we see right here, we think discrimination is something new that we're just experiencing over the last 200 years. Discrimination has been happening forever. It's right here in the Bible. It's been happening all of our lives. It's something we're going to constantly be dealing with, with all different things. And it goes on to say, so the 12 called a meeting of all the believers. They called everyone together. They said, hey, everybody, let's gather together And talk about this. You want to know why they called everybody together? Because the church isn't about a few players on the field. It's about everybody coming together and playing their part on the team to make a difference for the glory of God. They said, man, we got to figure this out. And so they got everyone together and they said, let's have an owner's meeting and let's figure this all out. Because they were on a mission to reach people and it says that they were growing and multiplying rapidly and they were seeing that happen they were saying like listen we don't want to we don't want to get off mission so how can we solve the problem that's happening here You know, and and here at Coastal, we're we're on mission as well. We've been talking about our mission over the last couple of weeks. We want to make it hard for people to go to hell, but making it easy for them to go to church so they can experience, know, and follow Jesus. That's what we're all about. We want to make it hard for people to go to hell, but making it easy for them to go to church so they can experience, know, and follow Jesus. That whole idea of we, that isn't just us as a staff. That is all of us. Working together. Saying we're going to get past the issues. We're going to get past the problems. We're going to get past the, the places where we feel like maybe there's a little discrimination. There's a little tension. Or there's a little bit of a problem right there. And we're going to move past that to the mission of what we're all about. And we're going to solve this problem. And I love what the disciples did and what the apostles did. They, they, they were setting it up here. And, and what I see through scripture and what they're kind of saying to everybody if you're taking notes. Is they said, man... Join the team. I said, number one, join the team. Join the team that's happening here. To move from being a fan to a follower, to move from the stands to the field. He said, join the team. Now, one of the things that I've noticed at our church offices is, is we, we have a whole bunch of staff that are coming in and out all the time. We have, we have events going on at our offices continuously. It's like every night of the week, there's something going on, whether it's a worship practice, whether it's an outreach meeting, whether it's, it's a staff meeting. And so, uh, I walk into the offices and, and there seems to be a person that shows up at our offices that I've never met, but I, I keep running into the, the remnants of them and that person is not me because every time I walk in and I see all these dishes in the sink I'll be like hey who left the dishes and everybody'll be like not me or I'll go and I'll I'll look and the trash is overflowing in in our youth auditorium and I'll be like hey who who had an event here last night not me who 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 left the front door unlocked all night and everybody'll be like not me not me is everywhere but he's never been seen Some of y'all might have not me visiting at your house if you have some kids, don't you? Like, not me? But I'm thinking that in our lives spiritually, what happens is we can take on this not me attitude when it comes to following Jesus. Jesus asks, himself, oh, no, 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 that's not for me. Or we read the Bible and we see some things that he's speaking to our lives and we say, oh, no, 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 that, that, that's not for me. And it's really easy for us to, to push off and say, oh, no, not me. And here's what happens when we, we continually say, not me. We miss out on the joy and the purpose of come, that comes from saying, God, why not me? We're so busy saying not me that we, we don't say the right thing, which should be. God, why not me? Why why not me? Why don't you use me to, to change the world like you use other people? Why not me when it comes to transforming the marriage? Why not my life? Why not my finances? Why not my purpose? Why not my destiny? So many times we're pushing back instead of saying, God, why not me? Most of the time we're saying, not me, and we need to be saying, Why not me? I read this quote from Mother Teresa this week and it kind of blew my mind. She says, If you can't do great things, do little things with great love. If you can't do them with great love, do them with a little love. If you can't do them with a little love, do them anyways. Love grows when people serve. It's brilliant. We're so busy saying, not me, that if we would just do something and say, why not me, all of a sudden we'd start to grow in those areas where we'd be saying, why not me in a lot of different things? Continuing in Acts chapter 2, it says this, they said, the apostles, we should, the, they said, we apostles should spend our time re- teaching the word of God, not running a food, food program. So they're having this big meeting, and, and what's happening is, 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 they're noticing that the food program is having some trouble, and so they say, man, we've got to do something about this, um, and, and the apostles are looking at it and going, like, listen, we don't have time to do everything, like there's 12 of us, there's thousands of you at this point, it's it's crazy to think that we're going to be able to do everything to meet everyone's needs. And I know this here at Coastal, uh, if, if we relied on just our staff to do everything, we would be in a world of hurt. Listen, the majority of things that happen here happen through people that say, why not me and step up and start leading in different areas and start serving in different areas to make things happen. If it was up to just me to make this service go off, you would get here... With, a, with just this stand and just me and just my voice projecting. That's how good I am. But there's volunteers that show up here and make this happen every week. All this stuff that you see, this is not the school's. This is Coastal Community Churches that we're rolling in trailers with and make this happen on a weekly basis. And, and, and I've realized that nobody can do everything, but some, everybody can do something. And together we can make a huge difference for Christ if we all play our part. And he goes on to say, And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the Spirit and wisdom, and we will give them this responsibility. It's a key word there, responsibility. He says, man, we're going to share the responsibility. In fact at at Costa, we don't even have the term uh, uh, membership anymore at our church because we decided that membership was a bad terminology for church because when you're a member of something it's like being a member of a gym. You have privileges that come along with that. You can go and you can use the towels at the gym because you're a member of the gym or you can go back to the locker rooms and take showers and use a locker there because you're a member of the gym and it it implies that we have all of these privileges. We've changed that we don't have any members at our church. We have owners at our church. Because owners have a responsibility. There's something that they they take ownership of and they realize that this is mine. This is something that I own. This is something that I'm a part of. This is something that needs me to use my gifts and talents to make a difference in. And together what it means is that we all share a part of this faith community that we call Coastal. And the best thing that we can do is we can share the responsibility of the church and we can trust each other to do that. In fact, we trust people to do things all the time. There's people right now that we trust that are taking care of. Tons of your kids right now that are teaching them the word of God. And we just don't throw anybody back there, but we we do our part and then we trust them to train and teach your kids in the ways of God. We trust people to go out there and make a great first impressions experience with you. And we say, man, we're going to entrust them to do that. We entrust people to lead you into the presence of God by worshiping and singing and we, we give them that responsibility and then we trust them to do that. Because we can do all of those things but it's all of us coming together and doing our part and we can make a huge difference in our community. Friends, I believe that all of us are called to join the team. But we aren't just called to join the team. We're called to play our position as well. We're called to play our position on the team. Because we all have unique talents. We all have unique gifts. We all have unique experiences. And those experiences... Are not just experiences that we're to have just to keep for ourselves, but I really believe that God wants to use those experiences in an incredible way. God wants to use our talents in an incredible way. God wants to use our gifts in an incredible way. When we, and we can leverage those things to help other people out. Experience is an incredible thing. It'll teach you a lot in life. In fact, not very few, I would say maybe seven years ago, I had a pretty unique experience that taught me a lot about my relationship with my wife. I are going on 15 years of marriage. So we're about eight years in and Shayla came home from work one day and, and she was, she was complaining about her job. Um, she was, she was kind of like telling me about her experiences as a normal download thing. When we come home from work, we have a download time. We just kind of share what happened in our day. And Shayla is going off on, on her experience for that day. And, uh, She's talking about how bad it was and, and how terrible her boss was and all these problems that she was facing and she started crying and uh, and as soon as Shayla starts crying like I'll, I'll lose everything because I don't understand crying maybe some other guys can relate when you women when you start crying like that doesn't that doesn't register with me. Like, I don't know what that means. Is that happy? Is that sad? Is that just like, are you, are you on your period? I don't know. I'm so sorry if I just, like, I, I'm, I'm, you see, you see, experience hasn't taught me enough yet. Um, and, uh, and so I look at her and I say, Shayla, get over it. That's life. I learned a lot from that experience that day. There are some things you don't ever say to your wife when she is crying and upset about her job. And Shayla, get over it because that's life is one of them. Uh, I was in the doghouse for like three months after that. In fact, like she gave me the worst conversation after that I've ever experienced in my life. But, But I learned, you learn something from your experiences. They teach you something in life. And some of you have gone through some ridiculous experiences. And they've taught you something in life. Some of you have gone through some terrible experiences. Some of you have battled cancer and you've come through that and it's been a terrible experience. But you've come through it and you know that there's hope on the other side. Some of you have have experienced the pain of of infidelity in a relationship and and you've come through on the other side and you know what it's like to go through that experience. Some of you have lost your job and been on the unemployment line and trying to figure out how you're going to put your life back together and you have an experience. And this is what I know is that we all have experience. And the pain that you went through, don't waste that pain. Don't waste those experiences. Because this is what I know is that right now there is somebody else that's going through the exact same thing thing that you went through at some point in time. They're going through a divorce right now, or they're going through a breakup, or they're going through a battle with cancer, or they're going through the loss of their job right now, and they're going, man, I don't know what I'm going to do in this moment. And what they're looking for is somebody that can walk alongside of them and say, you know what, I've been there where you are. I've been right where you are, I don't have all the answers for you, I don't necessarily know what to say to you, but I can tell you this, you can make it through it. My wife always says this, she says, my pain should never be in vain. Because she says, man, if I went through something tragic in life, man, I believe that God's gonna use that tragedy to make somebody else a triumph. And I believe that for every single one of us, man, we need to join the team and we need to play our part. And a lot of times our part is looking around and seeing who else is going through some things and stepping up next to them and saying, you know what, I've been through your situation. Let me give you some hope. Let me, let me give you some wisdom right now because I've been there. I've done that. Let me help you, walk you through. I don't have the answers, but you know what? I will be here for you in this season of time. playing your position that's that's saying like man i don't maybe i don't know what to do but i can do something and here's the deal play your position you don't have to play every position just play the position that you were designed for get on the field and do something in fact when you look at the book of acts and you start reading through this and you say they chose the seven the apostles didn't say like hey Listen, we're going to stick to prayer and we're going to stick to teaching the word and all of you lowly people go serve food. That isn't what the apostles were saying. They were, this is what they were saying. If you were to go back and really, really look at the original language and the implications of what they were saying, what they were saying is, this: listen, we'll serve the word and you serve the food. Both of these elements are critical to the mission of what we're trying to accomplish you can't have one and not the other and you can't have the other and not the other one both of them are so vital to what we're doing and both of them need to exist in this community and when we play our part when we play our position the entire body is better and so my question for you is is what is it that you love to do what is it that you're passionate about Maybe it's like Scott Marks who's passionate about fixing things. And, and so when, when there are service projects, man, Scott Marks is like the dude that shows up to fix things at people's houses and rebuild widows' places. And maybe it's to, to give somebody a high five and, and say what's up to them. Maybe it's, maybe it's your, your passion is cooking food. My passion is not cooking food. If you want me to cook you food, you're going to get ramen. If you want somebody else to cook you food, you're probably going to get something edible. What is the thing that you're passionate about? Maybe it's going and spending time with the elderly in a a retirement home. What are you passionate about? Use those things. Play your position. If you don't know what those things are, serve right here. Serve right here. Jump in. Get involved. Use your gifts and your abilities right here to serve the house of God and and see what God will do. Inside, in fact, inside your worship God every week is a Get Connected card. And inside there, there's opportunities for you to get involved in serving. And this is what I know is that a lot of people say, well, I don't serve at church because nobody's ever invited me to do it. Well, today I'm inviting you to get involved and serve at church. Here is your personal invitation from me, the pastor of the church. You're invited to get into the game, to get off this, the field, to get off the sidelines, to get off the stands and walk down to the field and get involved in the game play your part, to play your position to be a part of the body of Christ to not just be a a a sideline or a stands quarterback but actually get in the game and play your part. Just fill it out and throw it in the offering basket at the end of service. Man, Somebody will contact you. They'll help you get involved to play your part. So we want to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church so they can experience know and follow Jesus. This week I was, I was doing an outreach meeting, and I I, I posed this question to our outreach team uh, of volunteers, and, and and really made me think about that today. And it made me think about this question for our church as a whole. And it's a question that Craig Rochelle asked at a conference a long time ago. He says, he said, if Coastal Community Church were to close its doors, would the community notice? And would they care? If Coastal were to close its doors today? Pompano Beach, Coconut Creek. Would the community notice and would they care? Besides the people that attend here for church, would it matter to them? And this is what I know, is that we want to build the kind of church that's so unique and so passionate about playing our position and being on the team that that we're constantly out in our community making a difference for our community so that if we ever were to disappear from our community, they would say, man, the good guys have have left. Man, what's up with that? Where is that church that was serving at everything? Where is that place that was always active and involved? They were a little Jesus crazy, and that was weird, but we don't really care because they were involved with everything. They were, they were truly making a difference in the community. Because we're playing our position as a church. And our position as a church is we are dealers of hope. Man, we are to bring hope to the hopeless continuously. Because that's exactly what Jesus did. He brought hope to the hopeless everywhere he went. And as a church, man, we should bringing hope to the hopeless everywhere we go. And here's what happens when we get in the game and we start to play our position what happens is, is we all get to share in the win. We all get to share in the win. Listen to what happens to the church when they when they get from the stands onto the field. Look at look at what happens when they move from from being fans to followers of Jesus. And they're all on the field and they're playing their positions. In Acts chapter 6 verse 7 it says, So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem. And many of the Jewish priests were converted too. God's message spreads. His message spreads. When we all pull together and we all play our part, God's message goes forth to a lost and dying world. And people's lives are transformed forever because of Jesus Christ. Because we got in the game. We played our position. And we shared in the win. A couple of months ago, we had a, a girl show up because of uh, her friend had had a radical transformation at our Coconut Creek campus here. And... Um, in fact, we showed a we showed a video of him one week. I, I think on on Easter we actually showed his video. And this guy had a radical transformation, and so all of his friends started noticing his Instagram posts, his Facebook posts, his his Twitter posts were all different. They were all talking about God. And one of his friend one of his friends, it was a girl, said, "Man, I want to I want to check that out. Man, I've I, I, I've never really been a part of church. I've never really experienced church." And she showed up to our our Pompano Beach campus, and never really having any church experience before. Church can be pretty intimidating and pretty overwhelming because you don't really know what to expect. Are there gonna are there gonna be snakes? Is there gonna be like like people sacrificing things? Like what's gonna happen? Like seriously, if you've never been to church, I mean, those are the things that people think. And as she was walking up, one of our first impressions people greeted her and was like, Oh man, so nice to meet you. They shook hands. And and this first impressions person noticed her nail polish and said, Man, I love your nail polish. This is your first time here. Love to show you around. And she started walking this young lady around and she ended up in that service and was blown away because she had never experienced church like that at all. I mean she she really did think we sacrifice things. She's like I'm not really sure how you're gonna do that in a movie theater but okay. Um, she started coming every week and eventually another girl invited her to a connect group and she started going to a connect group. Before long she came to a DNA class which is our ownership class and she sat through that ownership class and she's like, man, I want to be a part of this. But she grabbed one of our key volunteers there and she said, you know what? I want to be a part of this, but I don't really know what this Jesus thing is all about. Like I hear all this stuff and I'm really enjoying this, but I've been made a decision for Jesus. And this girl walked her out into the hallway of our offices and, and led her to Christ. This girl is serving on teams now, involved in connect groups. She's living out her purpose and her destiny for the very first time. And all of that happened because people got in the game, they played their position, and they all got to share in the win. Notice nowhere in there did it ever matter about the staff doing anything, it was all about the people playing their part. So this girl could have the experience of discovering Jesus. When we jump out of the stands and we get in the game and play our position, man, people's lives are absolutely transformed. And what we've got to do is we've got to realize that we've been given so much We've been given grace. We've been given mercy. We've been given forgiveness. Freely. But as they say in Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. Man, when you've been given that much, there's a great responsibility that comes back with that, that you're to pay it forward, that you're to use the same things that were used for you to use for the next person. So church, man, this year, we're going to ramp up. We're going to do some crazy things. But it's time for some of y'all, you've been sitting on the sidelines, you've been sitting in the stands for a long time. It's time for you to get in the game. It's time for you to find your position and then you can share in the win of what God is doing in people's lives. Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you. And I thank you for what you're doing in this place and and what you're doing in people's lives. God, I know that every week we're seeing 2, 3, 5, 10, 15 people give their lives to Jesus. And it's because believers know that it's a responsibility to get in the game and play their part. God, I pray that today you would, you would show some of us that it's our time to get out of the seats and do something for your name and for your renown. God, that there is a responsibility that comes with experiencing your grace and your mercy and your love. And that responsibility is to help others experience that same thing. And so God, I pray that today we would all be challenged to get out of the seats and move closer towards playing your game. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.